The Ryan and Rush Show is brought to you by Vision Homes. If you're looking to build a home in North Central West Virginia, visit askvisionhomes.com. Vision Homes, building you a house you're proud to call home. And don't forget to subscribe to The Ryan and Rush Show, but don't take our word for it. Take Coach Neelan's. Hi, this is Coach Don Neelan, and you're watching The Ryan and Rush Show. Please subscribe. And we welcome you in to another edition of the Ryan and Rush Show, your source for West Virginia sports. Big 12 season starts this Saturday, Ryan. West Virginia's taking on Houston. We'll get talk about the Houston Cougars here in a second and their matchup against West Virginia, of course. But before we start that, going into the Big 12 season, Ryan, we have number two, Kansas, number three, Houston, number 11, Oklahoma, number 12, BYU, number 18, Baylor, and number 20, Texas. Again, the Big 12 looks like a gauntlet. We'll see if a couple teams come back to the pack and if a couple teams uh, move on into the ranked spot. Ryan, so far going into Big 12 play, what is your impression of what we're calling the purgatory Big 12? Yeah, and to expand on that rush, you kind of just look at Ken Palm in the net. Uh, The whole league is basically in the top 75 outside of us because of our circumstances so far. So plenty of opportunities to be had. Everybody still has a outside chance or a very good chance at the NCAA tournament. Obviously, us and probably Oklahoma State and UCF have a lot of work to do, uh, especially us. But, I mean, you look at Houston, Kansas, Baylor, they're in position for one and two seeds. Iowa State's really good. Kansas State's always a good team, even though they're banged up. Texas, TCU, Texas Tech. And then you look at some of the newcomers that have had decent years so far. Um, BYU, their schedule has been a little soft, but they're really good at home. And Cincinnati, the same. So, a lot of teams have protected home courts. It's going to be a gauntlet once again. And these four newcomers, welcome to the Big 12. Uh, no nights off in this league. So we'll, we'll talk about it, how we start with four out of the first five to start Big 12 against ranked teams. So welcome back to the Big 12, Rush. Welcome welcome <laughs> to the Big 12. And obviously what we're calling the purgatory Big 12 because we're losing yeah. two teams next year and bringing in four, which includes an Arizona team. So you might see one, two, three in next year going into Big 12 play with Arizona, Kansas, and Houston. Of course, we'll talk about that uh, when the time comes up. Interesting, too, with this new Big 12, Ryan, I think uh, specifically to BYU, uh, obviously the Marriott Center. I'm glad they BYU comes to West Virginia February 3rd, and we don't have to go out to Provo. We escape Provo. Uh, in football, basketball, and I'm pretty sure baseball as well. So welcome to the Big 12 BYU. Definitely a tough place to play, but as BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and of course Houston, uh, we'll talk about them here, is we'll, we'll, we'll see how they do under this Big 12 pressure. Obviously Houston's ranked number three right now in the nation. Uh, they come in and we they played in the American last year, and then you know it comes to, to March Madness time. They usually fade around the Sweet 16. Maybe this is an opportunity for them. Maybe they're not ranked as high as number three. Maybe they end up going to a number two or number three seed because of how stacked the Big 12 is. But maybe that propels them forward when March comes around because they're obviously build up more stamina, played better competition. And a lot of the times, you know, a couple losses during the season can end up being a relief in some ways uh, towards March Madness time. Talk about Ryan uh, Houston and how do you think they fit in the Big 12 uh, this season and where do you think they're going to end up? Um, at the end of the Big 12 season? They are 
the perfect fit, to be honest. They're good at home. They got a future Hall of Fame coach in Kelvin Sampson. You remember him at Oklahoma, Indiana. He's been in the NBA, been to Final Fours, including Houston. They're 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 a perfect fit, and they're they're ready for the Big Twelve because they're physical. Uh, they looked the part of a Big Twelve team. They brought in transfers from other Big Twelve teams. LJ Cryer yep. from Baylor. Yep. Uh, they're they're going to be good, and I think you hit the nail right on the head, Rush. I don't think they're going to win the league in in their first year. I, I think they're going to find out how hard it is when you got to go eighteen straight games against. We talked about a quad one teams in in the net rather than playing one every other week. But I think when they get to March, they're going to be more prepared for a deeper run because we've seen them kind of bow out in the second weekend um, over the last couple of years and just come up short of the final four. But I mean, they're old, they're physical, well coach, hard nose, perfect fit for, for a really good league. And it's, it's going to be fun. I, I, I think if I had to make a prediction right now where I think they'll finish probably in that four, four to five, six range in the big 12, just because it's their first time going through the gauntlet, they'll drop some games that nobody sees coming in my opinion. Who do you have is your, as of right now? Your, I would say, let's say your top four teams in the Big Twelve. Well, number one's always going to remain Kansas. number one as long as uh, Bill Self's there. I would go Kansas, then I would go Baylor. I would probably mm-hmm. say Houston is actually better than Baylor, but just with the gauntlet of teams going through this process, going through um, the round robin in a way, it's going to be new venues. They haven't been to Ames, Iowa. They haven't been to Manhattan, Kansas. They haven't been to Morgantown. Uh, I mean, these are hard places to win on the road. Obviously, the fog. Um, I would probably put that next tier of Texas and Iowa State and Oklahoma. And, mm-hmm. and then right, right below that is you got TCU, Texas Tech. So, I, I and BYU. I mean, I know you have ties to BYU. I kind of think BYU is the middle of the pack, Big 12 team. I agree. Despite the computers loving them. I think they're top five net team and top five camp bomb team. So I, I think these newcomers are going to struggle a little bit. So for Houston standards, probably five, even though I probably think they're the second or third best team from a roster standpoint. Kansas aside, uh, I guess we'll, we'll go big 12 tournament. We, we won't talk regular season. Who, yeah. who do you think cuts down the nets in the big 12 tournament? Uh, taking out Kansas. Yes. Kansas is dark. So we'll go more dark horse. Yeah. Um, I you know I'll go Iowa State. They're always tricky in that building, and, and, and it's basically Hilton South there. I would probably go Iowa State as my dark horse to win the Big Twelve tournament. They're always right there. Baylor, of course, as well. So Baylor's been there, done yeah. that. Scott Drew. They they've been a one seed, two seed the last couple of March Madnesses. So I, I would say Baylor's probably the second best team, but dark horse Iowa State. As long as it's not Texas or Oklahoma, right? Unless no, they want to bring us it. revenue. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, te- Texas did got it done last year. That that team was magical. They were old. They are not the same team this year, even though they're good. And Oklahoma's good, but it, we'll find out who's really good here over the next couple of weeks. That's that's what it is. So it's just the, play yeah. it out, play it yeah. out. Yeah, I think Iowa State. They're showing that they can produce on offense as well. So obviously, we 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 like to joke around that their their best offense is their defense, and then yeah. they got shellacked by Pitt in March Madness last year because well they couldn't score. So if they can keep yeah. up scoring, well you know they're they're definitely a dark horse to watch out for. Of course, Baylor as well uh, with the former Mountaineer being on that team, Jalen Bridges. But you know obviously the question with Baylor is their toughness and and what they can bring. But it is Scott Drew and. They have a way around Big 12 time to 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 come and and do great things in the Big 12 tournament. Baylor would probably be my choice 
um, yeah. aside from Kansas. I, I, I think Baylor, Scott Drew does a good job of, of timing. They, they always seem like they, they time a loss in the right area. And they kind of got to that slow start in Big 12 last year. I remember, obviously, when we uh, faced them, I think we were, what, both 0-4 in Big 12 play or 0-3 at the same time. Yeah. And that was a grinded out game. Of course, Larry Harrison's last game. And, well, we're not going to go down that road. That was a whole <laughs> start of a bunch of dominoes to fall. But anyway, getting back to this Houston-West um, Virginia matchup, obviously you brought up LJ Cryer, who, who was on Baylor last year, and uh, we, we've seen him play a lot. Where does this Houston team lack that that West Virginia really can take advantage of and, and exploit their holes? You know, they they really don't have a glaring weakness, and that's probably why they're number three in the country. Yeah. I mean, they're really, really good, and they're really physical, and they're old. I mean, it, it's not just L. LJ Cryer, who's fit in perfectly there well. It's Jamal Sheed. I mean, he's been on all those teams that have advanced in March of the second weekend. Emmanuel Sharp's been a nice, nice addition. And then I would probably say if you're going, if there is a weakness with them, they are making shots at a higher clip this year than they have in the past, but they have struggled in the past to make perimeter shots. So I, I think that they, their stats are a little inflated because they have not played the schedule that we've played or some of the other teams. They have played a bunch of bye games at home. They do have good wins over Utah, uh, Dayton, Texas A&M. So they do it and add Xavier, but they do their schedule is a little bit inflated with some of those in-state lower major Texas teams. So I would say making perimeter shots at a consistent uh, pace is probably their biggest weakness, but it's not a big weakness, let me tell you. Yeah, they face on January 9th. They're at Iowa State from there. So definitely uh, we'll see a nice weeknight when Houston plays Iowa State, how they do adjust to the Big 12. Uh, Ryan, I know we've been kind of talking about this game and hinting at this game a little bit. This is – West Virginia absolutely has an opportunity here and has the opportunity to do something special. Of course, the the start of their season is not an indication of who this team really is, and they still don't have Jesse Edwards. Obviously, Jesse Edwards would be a fantastic piece in this game. And – Obviously, we're wishing him a speedy recovery. Heard the cast got off, I think it was today or yesterday. So, hey, obviously that's progress. Now you got to build up the strength around the wrist um, and get back out there. And obviously now with the additions of Noah and Raekwon being eligible and, and what they're able to do in the guard position, obviously when Jesse does come back, that will open up a lot um, in the paint for him to score. But obviously we don't have him for this game. And this is going to be, of course, another one for for Raekwon and Noah to, to, to do their thing and step up. We need quality shots from them. Of course, they they love to shoot the ball and they do a good job of making it. But there's also those times where it's, hey, let's get that extra pass in. Uh, let's distribute it a little more. Let's 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 grind it out a bit here. And I think this could also be a game for Kobe and Seth to really step up and come off yes. the bench. Obviously, we saw. I think Seth's a big part of this game. We saw it kind of last year, a little later than this time, but about this time with Big Twelve play starting, and you know, Seth really really stepped up and really started to make a name for himself and and really gained the following here in West Virginia and obviously ended up staying and was a big part to start this season, obviously with all the minutes he put in. But where, where I'm going with this is I, I think this is going to be one of those welcome to the Big 12. You have a West Virginia team, Ryan, that's, hey, we really have nothing to lose at this point. We're just going out there. Let's make some noise in the Big 12. Let's show that we're tough. Let's show that we're competitive and and, and do great things out there. And I think when you have that mentality, especially going – to an away stadium where you have nothing to lose. Great things can happen. Uh, and, and I think this is going to be a lot closer game 
uh, than it looks on paper as well. And and this could be kind of a, well, hey, Houston, welcome to the Big 12 game where West Virginia really steps up and, and shows that West Virginia toughness. Absolutely. And you look at a team like Oklahoma State over the last couple of years, they've dropped by games year in and year out. But for some reason, they play their best ball when they get to the Big 12. And you look at their record on the outside looking in and you're like, oh, they're five and eight. They suck. No, they they don't suck. There's some circumstances that have caused them to be five and eight. And Kelvin Sampson talked about that in his press conference. He His literal quote was, I just saw it uh, on social media with our friend Ethan Bach was, yeah, they're five and eight, but they're the most snake bit team in the country so far. So if you just look at the record and think they're five and eight and they suck, that's the laziest research ever. This is a talented mm-hmm. basketball team that is capable, obviously, on the offensive end, and they're still trying to find their identity, and they're going to knock off teams in the Big 12. So Kelvin Sampson, that's the reason he's a Hall of Fame coach. He 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 knows it, this is this is league play. Nobody really blows anybody out in league play. And you make great points about Seth and Kobe too, is I think sometimes I, I, I love Raekwon. I like what Noah is bringing to the table. We, sometimes we get enamored with the high volume of shots. There's I other agree. elements of the game. You got to guard, you got it. You got to make the extra pass. Somebody has got to set the screen. There's a reason. And Josh talks about it. There's a reason why when we've gone to the bench, it's been our better units for some reason, Maybe it's you got three ball dom- dominant guys with Kerr, Raekwon, and Noah that they don't mesh as well. We're not as tough on the defensive side. So this is a game for Kobe and Seth to come in. They've gone through the Big 12. Raekwon and Noah and, and even Kerr, they have not gone through this Big 12 gauntlet. They've contributed on a NCAA tournament team in this league, the hardest league in America. So you got to lean on these guys that have been through it, and Pat Sumnick as well, who uh, emerged yeah. the other night. Yeah, Pat. Pat had a good game against uh, Ohio State, and that's that's the type of Pat we need. We need Pat to fill. We've talked about this, Ryan, kind of that Gabe Osaboyan uh, yeah. role. Obviously, he's not going to be the Big Twelve Defensive Player in the Year in Pat, but kind of just get that guy to get that extra play, get that extra possession, get that toughness. This is a great stage for him to step up and see how capable he really is, because we know he's capable. He he's very. He's obviously, when you see Pat out there, you know that's a guy that's trying, that's hustling, that wants to do the right thing, that believes and deserves to be out there. But obviously, when you kind of, you get too into that, you tend to think too much or do too much at one time. And I think that's more his downfall. Downfall, But that that's an easy thing. Okay, I don't want to say an easy thing to fix, but it's, it's more fixable to be like, hey, maybe I just kind of need to get out of my own way than I'm being dominated by other people. So... It, it, if if you are to have problems, that's the problem you want to have. And I, I think if it's just kind of goes back to that, hey, one play at a time, and this applies to the whole team, but I think you see it a little more with Pat is, hey, one play at a time. You can't score 20 points in one shot. What am I supposed to do here? What's the right thing? And I think if it really simplify the game, settle down and just, just do, don't over, try to overdo it. Just do what you're out there and what you're supposed to do. Obviously, Pat, the whole team included great things can happen because I do agree. Kerr, Noah, Raekwon are phenomenal. And I'm so glad that Noah became eligible with Raekwon this year because he's a baller. Raekwon's a baller. Kerr is a baller. But yes, that ball domination tends to get, it's kind of looks like one of those like TBT, right? The, the three on, well, I guess TBT is not three on three, but like the three on three tournaments are more that pickup style of basketball. And, and obviously in, in the big 12 play and, and, when you're when you're a team in college basketball, 
it, it can't be look like pickup basketball out there. I'm not saying you can't go out there and ball out and hoop. And if you make, shoot it again. And if you keep making it, hey, no one's going to stop you. But I, I think what this team really lacks are a couple things that they lack but are very fixable. Obviously, we talked about it earlier with Kobe and Seth. Really need them to step up, especially those veteran guys that have been in the Big 12 and, and know what it's like and know, hey, in mid-February, this is going to be your legs are going to be tired and you're going to be tired, but you got to find that extra energy reserves and grind it out. Obviously, we talked about Pat not trying to overdo it, but I think especially with Kerr and then Raekwon and Noah too, it's just even qu- just looking for that extra pass or two, especially with Kerr. He's such a good passer and you can see the setups he's trying to do and the looks he's trying to make. And if we just make that extra pass, I think a lot of great things can happen. And these are all fixable things, Ryan. Yeah, and, and and you listen to Josh or you listen to coaches talk in their press conferences and the conversations we've had, they're begging Pat to be the Gabo Saboyan. Your job is not to score. They're, and you mentioned it. We got, yes, Raekwon's talented, Noah's talented, Kerr's talented, but there's only one basketball. Mm-hmm. So not, not everybody can shoot every possession. And that's why when you look at the great teams, Deuce McBride, Javon Carter, yeah, they were there. They were great defensively. They made shots. But who are the most valuable Mountaineers on those really good teams? Gabe Osaboyan, Jonathan Holton, Nate Adrian. They didn't take more than five, six. I mean, Gabe never shot because nobody – we didn't want to see that. I mean, he couldn't make a layup. I remember so. when he scored 12 points a game and people yeah. lost their minds. It was like Kobe yeah. scoring 60. <laughs> but but like that's what we've missed, the glue guy. And that's where it's frustrating because I thought a cook be- – could become that guy, but obviously his circumstances. And then he comes back and Jesse goes down. So then we got to slide him to the five. That's where mm-hmm. a cook could have been really good in the four when Jesse does come back. Now you got two guys that could be glue guys. So obviously we got to hold down the four between now and then. But Pat, you, it's not like we ran, we're not running to play for you. J- just do the dirty work, uh, score off dribble penetration, uh, hit the offensive glass. Uh, obviously box out, man, man the defensive glass, and, and you're going to play, and you're going to see a surge in your minutes. Instead of playing, what, 8, 10 minutes, you're going to be playing 20, 22 minutes because you're a star in your role. No, We don't need you to score. Mm-hmm. we got plenty of scores. Yeah, yeah. It's We're definitely in that stage of – and we kind of saw this last year. I mean, obviously different circumstances last year, but especially with the transfer portal, right? And well, especially this year with not knowing who's available at what time is we're looking for that mesh to start happening to kind of stop playing five individuals and play as, as, as one team. Um, and we, you know, we started, what did that take? It was right after that Baylor game. Um, yep. or well, no, that was, we lost to after Oklahoma. the Oklahoma, Oklahoma game. Oklahoma game. Yeah. And that's when you kind of started to see it come around. Obviously we need that to happen a little earlier this year, but we, we have seen this before. So I think this is a great opportunity to see these guys start to mesh, start to play as that one unit, one team. And hey, when that happens, and we'll see it. Hopefully we do see it, but we, we definitely think they're more than capable of doing it. They'll, they'll take off. And next thing you know, you string out a couple of these wins. You brought up the Ken Palm earlier. I mean, you win two games. It, obviously, you have two games a week. You win You win your week. You win two games. All of a sudden, you're shooting up in Ken Palm yeah. and all the ratings. I mean, this is a very turner. You, very, you can turn this around. I'm, I'm trying to over talk right now, but it's it, you can turn this around. You can, you can salvage the season and you can do great things. So let me, let me ask you this, Ryan, kind of shifting over for a second is your Josh Eilert, your former colleague entering this game. 
How, what do you think his game plan is? How do you think from not only an X's and O's standpoint, but a mentality standpoint, how do you think he's feeling uh, going into Houston this weekend? Well, he's got to challenge him on the glass because that's what Houston does. And that that's why we lost the Ohio State game because not the second half, but we got we got dominated. We got our tails kicked in on the glass in the first half and Ohio State got all those second chance points. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to my point of, yes, we get enamored with the scoring and, and the flash plays, but I think he's got to play those three guys together less. And I think he's basically hinted at it in his press conference. You got to play the other guys. You only, I think you only play the two of those three guys together. There's 40 minutes between three positions. That's 28, 32 minutes a game. I mean, I, he may start them still and they may play four or five minutes together, but I think you only want two of those guys on the floor together because you got to have other areas, mm-hmm. including rebounding, defending, screening, passing, all the stuff that don't show up on that, on that scoreboard or in the stat sheet, but impact winning. So I think that's, like you said, Seth, Kobe, Pat, um, Josiah, a cook. Th- yeah. Those are the guys that are been through it in Quinn. Quinn, Quinn is kind of taking a step back, but I think he's still trying to find his role. He, uh, he he's he needs to embrace the glue glue guy mentality as well. So everybody's got to buy in, man. Nobody nobody cares how many points you score. They just care if you win. What would you have? Kind of would you change the starting lineup? Me personally, yeah, I would put Kobe would you- in for for uh, no. I would love Noah as a six man instant offense off the bench. That would be me personally. Yeah. I, I actually like, and then you have a you have a defender in there as well, yeah. someone that if they need to step up, yeah, I, I do like that. It'd be interesting to see if Josh makes any any changes, any adjustments to the starting lineup. Of course, we have our man Timothy Green in the chat. Always appreciate yes, Timothy and all you guys uh, joining our live shows when you can. Uh, H- Timothy says Houston's at home; they're going to be tough. However, I think we still have a chance. Absolutely, what we were saying is welcome, welcome to Big Twelve, welcome to the gauntlet, and this is a great opportunity for West Virginia to step up and be like, Hey, we, we are this capable team. It took us a second. Obviously a lot of things were out of our hands, uh, but this is a great opportunity for West Virginia. Uh, Timothy also says very well said, we need someone to do the dirty work. Yeah. You got to do the things that aren't sexy, the things that won't show up in the stat sheet, but Hey, those are, those are the things, like you said, the glue guy, those are the things that separate teams doing well in March madness, making it to March madness, even, you know, doing well in the NIT versus teams that are just, you know, don't, don't do well, uh, as all, but Ryan, we get to that part in the episode, obviously when we're previewing these matchup where we talk about our keys to victory, obviously kind of laid mine out. Um, obviously getting Seth and Kobe involved, uh, offensive rebounding is huge and, and just playing like you have nothing to lose, but obviously this being, uh, your former team, your former employer, the West Virginia Mountaineers, how does West Virginia shock the world at two o'clock? I think it's on ESPN plus. Of course they're, they're sticking us on the plus again. Yep. Two o'clock on the plus in Houston. How does West Virginia get back on track, Ryan and, and shock the world and, and start coming up and, and showing that they're a team. So I don't think Houston's as tough as our press Virginia team and some of the really grind grinder teams that we've had under hugs, but they're tough. That's what they, that's what they bang their chest on. I think like when we would play teams that weren't the toughest teams in the world, you could tell right from the tip that all they talked about was you got to hit them. You got to match their intensity. That's all they talked about for five days. And those teams would bring the energy. I expect us to do that with Houston. So it's, it's a grown man game on Saturday. Don't be looking at the referee, throwing your hands Mm -hmm. in the air. If you get chucked a little bit, 
Nobody cares. You're in the Big 12, the best league mm-hmm. in America. You got to hit them first and, and get first blood and like guard your yard, as Josh said. So it's honestly, X's and O's is not really about what Saturday is. There's some X's and O's involved, but it's a pride game and, and challenger manhood type game because Houston's going to bring it, especially with their Big 12 mm-hmm. opener that they've been waiting for for 15 to 20 years. So that's number one. Number two, and I thought we did a really good job against Virginia. And Virginia and Houston can kind of be similar from a defensive structure, really disciplined, well-coached. We did a great job of scoring and transition early. But if we didn't have it, we grinded them in the half court. We made them guard. We got it. We moved the ball second, third, fourth side. You're not going to just throw the ball to Raekwon Battle and Noah, and they're just going to drive it and get a layup. There, yeah. There's going to be three guys that are going to be blocking that like volleyball off the backboard. So you're not going to get something off the first and second side against a defensive discipline team like this. So you're going to have to trust your teammates like we've hinted in this episode, move the ball, make the extra pass, mm-hmm. and you can get to them late in the shot clock. So get something in transition or pull it out, grind them, and get something late. And number three, they will run. So no live ball turnovers. If you got to punt that ball into the upper deck, do it so that we can set our defense and set that zone because we're going to have to play a lot of zone and we got to rebound out of that zone back to key key number key to victory number one. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Stumbled there we go. Words, that was stretch. <laughs> hey, we're you know they're they're going to have a chance. This is an opportunity like we like we talked about. Nothing to lose. Just go out there and and just play balls to the wall. Do do a couple extra things there, and I think it could be a really good Saturday for West Virginia. Uh, this concludes another episode of the Ryan and Russ show. Again, thank you everyone for your support as always. Uh, we'll be back to, to recap this game. And of course, a lot of football news still going on the, the sport that never sleeps uh, next week as well. And then of course we got some big announcements, probably end of January uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be announcing as well. So again, everyone, thank you so much for your support. Let's go Mountaineers and let's beat Houston. Let's shock the world. Get number one, go Mountaineers. <laughs>